0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Three, two, roll A, fade up on A.
1: Southern Miss to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the TGIF edition of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us today. Glad you've been with us all week. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. From the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg, can never say thank you enough to First Bank and the great guys, home of Reggie Collier, the Perfect Ten, and uh, the the initial and original sponsor of the Eagle. I were glad to be broadcasting from the First Bank Studios. All right, great show today. Kyle Burkhart's about to join us. Former offensive lineman for the Golden Eagles, Kevin Weldon from D1 Sports, will be on the show. A, a sports training, I should say, will be on the show a little later. In the hour, and then Luke and I will wrap things up uh, with news about college and pro football and all the sports uh, news of the day. Glad to share that with you. Opening segment sponsored by our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue Pit. They serve great food seven days a week. You can dine in-house. You can take it home with you. You can have it even delivered to your front door. But the food is always delicious. It's always fresh, and uh, it's always a treat when you go to Dickie's Barbecue Pit, and we appreciate Dickey's very much for their support. All right, our first guest, our favorite kind of football player to talk to, an offensive lineman for the Golden Eagles, Kyle Burkhart, uh, played. I Correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle. You played for Jeff Bauer, correct?
2: Uh, no, I played uh, for Larry Fedora. Larry Fedora. His first year, I was a Juco transfer.
1: I got you. So you were here the first year. After Coach Bower's departure and uh, Coach Fedora coming here, so you came. Uh, you know, you came to Southern Miss at a pretty exciting time because uh, when Fedora arrived, he really opened up the offense and uh, put on a lot of offensive shows for people.
2: Oh yeah, um, that's that's uh, probably the main reason that I went to Southern Miss was because at that time, um, uh, Coach Fedora came in, and Coach Coffin was the one that recruited me. Um, he's a defensive coach and I signed as an actual defensive lineman but they moved me to offensive line shortly after I uh, arrived but the reason I came kind of came was because all the, I guess the hype and everything around fedora mm-hmm. uh, the uh, attack mantra and all that stuff you know and uh, Southern Miss was talking about that time winning championships and uh, you know they had the tradition of beating uh, powerhouse teams, top 25 teams and uh that's kind of why why I went there. So is that
1: uh, is that a big adjustment going from the D line to the O line? How, how difficult was that?
2: Well, uh, I actually I actually played basketball a year of college, my first year, and then I went and played football. And then I played football as a defensive lineman at Dodge City Community College. And then my second year at Dodge City Community College, right before the season started, they moved me to the offensive lineman. So I played left tackle for. Um, that season, uh, but then I didn't really want to play offensive line, so I started Southern of miss play uh, defensive line, and they moved me offensive line. So anyway, <laughs> it was a big adjustment, kind of, yeah, uh, but basically the coaches knew better than I did, and I wanted to play defensive line, and they said, no, you're an offensive line. So they uh, they put me in a good position. So and, was most
1: and offensive line in a Larry Fedora offense, uh, you had to be in good shape because you guys uh, – you guys were constantly on the move, were you not?
2: Oh, yeah. No, um, I was a little undersized uh, to be playing offense line. Um, I was probably 280 pounds at the time when I first got here, um, and I got bigger as I as the years went on. But, uh, yeah, I was a little undersized, but I could always run. And at the beginning, once again, I I like defense. You just run around and hit people. And uh, that was kind of the name of the game there, but... As an offensive lineman, that's kind of what I did. And under Fedora's offense, a lot of you could run screens and inside outside zone uh, plays. So you can just kind of let me run around and, uh, and get on the edge and try to hit people, smaller guys that are running out there.
1: So, right, right. But, so, Luke, I know you like these old linemen. Uh, say hello to Kyle Burkhart.
0: Kyle, we had one of your uh, one of your teammates a couple weeks ago, and I affectionately called uh offensive lineman, called them the Fat Boys. Bob took exception to that. But, I mean, it is a compliment yeah. to be called that in college football, isn't
2: it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, we uh, Offensive linemen, they're a different group. Okay, So we're not ever going to get offended by being called fat or hogs or anything like that. We like it. So, uh, yeah, I don't think you have to worry about that.
1: You know the problem, Luke, is when you, you get are... called a fat boy, you're not playing football. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> well, I got I got called a fat boy, and I was on special teams, so that'll just tell you how much my physique was. Yeah. But uh, Cal, you played both left and right tackle. Um, <clears throat> left the tackle, of course, is the insurance policy on the quarterback from a from a position or learning the position. What goes into the different aspects of left tackle and right tackle? Um, I don't
2: know. Basically, it's it's the same. Uh, you just have to – obviously, you got to practice both. It is totally different um, as far as – well, I mean, it's totally, it's totally different as far as your footwork and, uh, like, which which foot is going to be on the line, which foot's off, and you got to use the kick slide and all that. But basically, once you can understand to keep your weight inside and kind of on your upfield leg and uh, not shifting your weight back to your kick leg, um, you keep your weight inside, it's basically the same thing. Um, You're just going to uh, keep kicking and uh, try to stay to the inside of the guy's midline and uh, work him outside. So, uh, I don't know. It's basically all the positions. I've kind of played all the positions. um, But, uh, yeah, tackle, I like it a lot better. You're kind of on your own out there. And uh, it's just you and the other usually defensive end or outside linebacker. and You're just kind of going one-on-one. It's kind of fun.
0: So you uh you you talked about um off air just how coming in especially with from Juco man because you, you're you're the same age as the great majority of the guys on the team but you're you're the new face and you talked about one one of our mutual friends Ryan McKee, who himself went to uh, the NFL how important he was in helping you transition uh to be a Southern Miss Golden Eagle
2: Oh yeah Ryan um from the beginning he was kind of my my mentor he would would go out to eat um, talk and all that. Um, had his number as soon as I got there, um, and he was a—he's someone that uh, anybody should aspire to be like because he's uh, obviously a, a godly man, but he's also just—he's also has a great sense of humor, um, work ethic, for second to none. Um, just uh, a really good guy, and I was glad that he was there to kind of show me the ropes uh, when I got there. So
0: yeah, uh, really good, really good person. So, Kyle, you uh, you had the opportunity when when you finished up at, at Southern Miss, uh, you signed a free agent contract with Seattle. Then you uh, spent some time with the Jets, and uh, then you actually went to the Canadian Football League. Tell us a little bit about um, what you enjoyed and being a professional football player.
2: Well, uh, my career was pretty pretty short. Um, I signed with Seattle. Um, after Southern Miss on on uh, draft day, I signed with Seattle. I thought I was going to possibly get drafted just from talking to different teams. I'd have been a late round draft pick, but uh, signed with Seattle and uh, went in there. And I was number two on the depth chart. And uh, took a physical. And the next day we went into meetings. And I was no longer on the board. I failed a physical because of a pre-existing shoulder injury, and. After I fell in that physical, I was released, and so then I went to the actually went to the New York Jets, and same thing, very similar situation happened there. Uh, then I was supposed to go to the uh, Toronto Canadian team, um, and they heard about my situation. So then, after offering me the contract, then they pulled the contract. So anyway, I ended up in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, a similar situation there. Shoulder injury, uh, failed physical, released from there. Then I went to, then I get to BC, and uh, I was there for the second half of the season. And uh, things went well there. Uh, I thought that I would uh, have a chance to play there. They they kept two American tackles, if you guys don't know much about Canadian football. They only have a certain amount of Americans they even keep on the team. And uh, BC was one of the teams, not very many in the league that would actually keep two American offensive linemen, and I was the third guy. I backed up both sides. Um, but that year they ended up winning the Grey Cup when I was there, but I was released uh, right before the Grey Cup started because kind of like in the NFL, uh, the rosters expand and contract at different times in the season. And uh, since I was the third American offensive lineman, most teams only carried two, I was – the odd man out. They released me right before the great cap. So anyway, so that was my, my professional career. Not much to say about it, really. (laughs) Uh, It was kind of over before it got started. So,
1: well, I will say this, uh, you have your own Wikipedia page. I found that today. I don't know how many people we have on the show that have their own Wikipedia page, but I'm going to tell you, it's a small number, Kyle. And, (laughs) and you're one of them. So we, we not, we notched that down. In the Eagle Hour record book, whenever we have a Wikipedia page participant, and uh, today we were very glad it was you, man. We appreciate your time. Best of luck to you in your high school coaching career, and uh, we really appreciate that what you did at Southern Miss, and we thank you for being on our show, man.
2: Okay, all right. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Also, all right, Cal
1: Burkhart, everybody, Thanks, Cal. offensive lineman for the Golden Eagles, and. Luke, let's make our own Wikipedia page. Can you
0: do that? Or is it, I don't know. I'll do it for you right now. Thank you.
3: Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
1: I want to thank Kyle Burkhart for joining us in the first segment. We uh, didn't give him an opportunity. We ran out of time, but Kyle's coaching high school football in his home state of Kansas, so uh, congratulations to him. We've talked to a lot of players, former players, who are now coaching in high school, and what a rewarding thing uh, for those young men to do. We appreciate Kyle coming on the Eagle Hour. Kevin Weldon from uh, D1 uh Training facility will be joining us uh, in the next hour to talk about something special occurring here in Hattiesburg that you may want to participate in or have your child participate in. Second segment of the show sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Proud supporters of our show, and uh, we're proud supporters of theirs. They have the best selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere. And uh, we thank Campus Bookmark, encourage you to do business with them. You can shop at their store on Hardy Street Monday through Saturday. Or you can go online, campusbookmart.net, order uh, your merchandise, have it shipped to your home. All right, yesterday uh, announced NCAA Power 5 schools come out with some guidelines for how they're going to deal with COVID-19 as they uh, gather their athletes back up. Going to talk about that in a moment. But first, more breaking news on the other end of the spectrum, uh, Luke. Another major, uh, this time a pretty major uh, conference announcing uh, some changes in its fall schedules because of the virus.
0: Yeah, before I get to that, I just want to let you know I did finish up your Wikipedia Thank article. It didn't take long, uh, did it? The, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I, I had to guess on a middle name, so I gave your middle name Lampkin. What is your middle name, by the way? <laughs> Joseph, but Lampkin will work. Joseph, okay. Bob yeah. Joseph. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I put together about four or five uh, sentences. Thank you. And uh, really that, just. That pretty talked much about covered your, it, didn't it? Yeah, I talked about how you were the, the national champion and of the American Cornhole Championships back in two thousand nine and uh, a little known how fact. you're a lamenting fan of the Washington Redskins. Anyway, right. uh people can check that out on Wikipedia. All right, so yeah, big breaking news so Division 1 football divided into two subdivisions the um, f- the football the bowl subdivision which of course is Southern Miss Group of 5 Power 5 the FCS uh used to be called D1AA uh which is now the football championship subdivision one of the biggest conferences in the FCS the Colonial Athletic Association has canceled their fall football season now why is that important James Madison, um, who has won several, uh, has won national championships. College game day went there a few years ago. They've captured the last three out of four CAA titles. They're a part of this conference. Um, the CAA is considered one of the top three conferences in FCS, along with the big sky and the the Missouri Valley. Eleven national championship games between, uh, in those three. uh, national championships in those three different conferences since 2003 fcs has 13 conferences 127 members this would be the equivalent bob if a power five particularly i would say the acc the sec or uh the big ten would say we're canceling football for 2020 that's how huge it is and you just wonder with one of those players out now how will the rest of the fcs respond Right. It's a day to day thing. And of course, uh, right
1: now, a lot of eyes on the uh, remaining three Power Five conferences that have not announced what they're going to do. But yeah, uh, you know, as Patrick told us yesterday, you you sort of get the impression uh, for a lot of college football, the writings on the wall just remains to be seen uh, what the remaining three Power Five schools will like to do. Well, yesterday, Luke, the NCAA announced a comprehensive COVID 19 testing guideline for. College football. It's pretty lengthy, but a brief summary. Uh, and it it will require uh, <coughs> it will require daily self help health checkups, the use of face coverings, and the adherence of social distancing guidelines during practice and training. Testing strategies before the season uh, must be approved by the NCAA, and during the regular season and postseason, all players have to be tested within seventy two hours. <coughs> Of, uh, of a football game. Uh, football players, uh, again, subject to that 72 hours uh, prior to competition, if tests can't be performed within that window, NCAA says games should be postponed, canceled, or alternative methods of testing uh, developed and agreed upon. Any player who tests positive for coronavirus will be forced to isolate for 10 days and only allowed to return to action after at least three days without symptoms. Players who have been found to be in high-risk contact with others who have tested positive will have to quarantine for 14 days. I'm not sure what, how that makes sense. High-risk contact is defined as being within six feet of an infected person for more than 15 minutes in which one or more individuals are not wearing masks. I'm not a smart guy, Luke, but how in the world are you going to keep up with all of that uh, accurately? Uh, in the midst of a football season,
0: well, it's like guys like Todd McCall at Southern Miss. I mean, it's gonna, it's going to be up to them. It's going to fall on the uh, the medical personnel. Um, I one of one of the words in this article it says testing and results within seventy two hours. So it's not just the fact they got to get tested; they have to know. I would think you would test before then, though. If what's the what's the result window now? I know we've got them out there that you can say you can get them back same day, but that's going to be real important. Um, something else that I thought was interesting what you just said. So if say say a teammate of mine gets uh, gets tested positive for COVID, okay, mm-hmm. and I am found to have been in a quote high risk contact with a positive test. Let's say that I'm in an apartment, because all these guys will say in, in the dorm. Let's say four dudes stay in an apartment. They share living room. They have their own separate bedrooms. If, if I'm his teammate, I'm out for 14 days, which mm-hmm. is crazy because you have to, if you're the actual positive test, you're gone for 10 days. If I was around you and what that says right. is I was within six feet of you for more than 15 minutes. So here's the question. <laughs> what if Kyle Burkhart's on the offensive line and one of his, one of his buddies who's, he's playing left tackle. Let's say the left guard or let's just put in an actual guy. Let's say Trace Clopton, our center at Southern Miss. What if he tests positive? Well, everybody at practice on the offensive and defensive line has been within six feet for 15 minutes or longer of Trace Clopton. Right. Right. So you just wiped out your entire offensive line and some of your defensive line because when does that contact take place? Does it take place outside of practice? Does it take place during practice? So there is a lot going on there that I think is – I bet the NCAA is getting their phones lit up today because there needs to be more detailed explanation of that because that is a fiasco in the making. Correct. Uh, Guidelines also suggest that
1: games or seasons should be suspended – If schools are unable to isolate or quarantine athletes and staff members, if schools cannot test weekly, if campuses or communities are deemed unsafe by local health officials, if the schools cannot perform adequate contact tracing, or if health officials state concerns about a possible strain on the health care system in the community in which the college is located. So let's look at that. Let's say that uh, the season gets underway and uh, the administrator at one of the local hospitals says the hospital, uh, you know, is under strain, that it doesn't have much room for any more patients, which is about where they're at right now. Does that mean the season is canceled? It just seems to be so general, Luke, that uh, this isn't much guidance uh, in my estimation. I, I think well, that there needs to be much more specific information.
0: Trying to trying to cover their their tail here. So in Hattiesburg, you've got Wesley and you've got Forest General. Okay. Right. What about Manhattan, Kansas? What about okay? What about Stillwater, Oklahoma? Right. Where you're not just concerned about a hundred people on uh, a football team and the staff and people. So two hundred people. How, how many? Let me let me just look at this real quick. The student population. Of Oklahoma State University. Okay, so if everybody comes back, you've got twenty five thousand people in Stillwater, and the jo- the reason I'm using Stillwater is that Stillwater, Oklahoma, is considered a very very small town. It's in some ways it's smaller than Hattiesburg, population fifty thousand. What what about other places where the only thing that makes that town happen is the university? Right. So what you're doing is two hundred. The, the the result of a college football season is based off. Basically, what they're saying is is the number of ICU beds, the number of respirators, the number of hospital rooms in that hospital, and what it can take. And so it may not have been impacted anything on the campus, but the NCAA is saying if your local. Hi, if your local hospital is overwhelmed, well, guess what? We're pulling the plug on your football season. That's, well, that's, that's crazy. Right. And and a lot of communities wouldn't have the
1: hospital capacity of, say, a Hattiesburg, you know, with two major hospitals. Take take it with all due respect. Take it. Take a small town like Starkville and you've got a big university like Mississippi State. You know that there's not the ICU capacity in, in Communities that size, as compared to some of the larger communities. So, what happens to that program? I don't know, man. It just it seems to me that uh, that the NCA once again is providing some pretty weak leadership. And uh,
0: God, wouldn't you hate to be a what? That's never happened. What are you What are you talking about, Mark Emmeret? What are you Are you Are you really talking about the guy that canceled March Madness without talking to one commissioner? I, I think you got the wrong guy. Bob, let me, hold on, let me check his Wikipedia page during the commercial. See if break. it's
1: bigger than mine. Would you do that, please? All right, when we come That's back, right. uh, D1 is having a, a really cool thing a back to school combine for all our local athletes here in South Mississippi, and we're going to talk to the manager of D1 about that. We think it's unique and interesting when the Eagle Hour continues. miss to the top
0: back on a friday third segment of the eagle hour brought to you every day by four street bar and grill located on Fourth street in hattiesburg mississippi home of the 895 lunch southern miss memorabilia everywhere stop by and see our good friends at four street bar and grill proud sponsor of the eagle hour luke and bob from the first bank studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown. Laura, a little overcast today, but hopefully as you're getting ready uh, for the weekend, uh, maybe it will stay a little overcast because as much as rain as we've had the last few days have been sweltering. Um, Bob Getty, uh, what's your what's your plans uh, for this coming weekend? Uh, not
1: a lot, Luke. Uh, we're staying pretty close to the house these days and uh, going to do a little yard work, which is always kind of a fun thing, and uh, that's going to be about it at the Getty household.
0: That's what I've got to do. I've got got to go get some uh, ant spray this afternoon. The the rain has sure not helped uh with with the critters uh, wanting to come inside and and doing all kinds of stuff. We're scheduled uh, to talk to Kevin Weldon from D1 Training here in just a minute. Talk about the upcoming high school combine coming to D1 next week. Uh, This is also interesting. I found this out on Football Scoop. The state of Michigan uh, has announced their intended plan for fall sports. Now this is with uh, this is the other MHSAA uh, Mississippi announcing um, this week that they're going to delay high school football uh, two weeks. Michigan getting a lot of praise uh, across the country for their plan and their plan is 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 basically like this play fall sports in the fall is scheduled Uh, if the conditions deem it necessary delay the start of some or the fall sports and competitions if conditions only allow some sports play the lower risk sports and the higher risk fall sports will be postponed until later and if any sport is postponed or suspended they would uh, make sure that winter sports are completed and fall and spring seasons extended in even into July of next year. Mississippi, I believe, <clears throat> with a little better plan, but it is important to see these states rolling out uh, what they uh, what at least so everybody can be on the same page. What's going on? I think we've got Kevin Weldon from uh, D1 Training in Hattiesburg. Kevin, how's your Friday going, sir?
3: Yes, uh, we're doing great. How are y'all today?
0: Doing good, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Wanted to get you on today and, and talk about this upcoming Back to School Combine coming up uh, next Saturday, July the 25th. Tell us all about it, man.
3: Yes, sir. Well, uh, we're, we're hosting this combine. Um, we, we want these athletes uh, to kind of get a baseline, know where they are. Um, it, I know it will be helpful for them and helpful for their coaches to kind of know um, where they're starting off, especially after being quarantined, some of them being able to – to uh train and, and keep up what they've been doing and, and some of them not. Um, you know, we're we're offering uh, our vertical jump, um, a, a broad jump test, a forty yard or sixty yard dash uh, measurement for uh baseball and then also uh we're doing the five ten five or pro agility. And so that'll be happening, yeah, July twenty fifth. Um, Saturday it starts at nine. Uh, we're taking pre registrations. Um, just give us a call and uh, we can get you going.
0: So, so with that, I, I, if I show up, you're going to probably need a sundial for uh, for that forty. <laughs> but, but how important is it though? Because uh, high schoolers, the last couple weeks, the coaches have just been able to get them. So these these kids obviously didn't, especially football players, they didn't go through a spring. Um, they, they didn't go through uh, early. They missed an entire month of, of June with the workouts. So what this combine is, it's just basically a way for these kids to know where they stand uh, before fall camp starts.
3: It's a it's a way to know where they stand, um, and and our system is is very much elite to to that of any other type. We actually have a laser timing system um, for our forty and our five ten five. So you're going to know uh, uh, accurately to to laser accuracy what your time is, um, and that's that's going to help you know where where your weaknesses are, know where your strengths are, uh, and then obviously offer. Um, some some way to to train that uh, we you know we obviously are able to train and improve the speed and agility of athletes across different sports. Uh, but we also just want to make sure that that the uh, the athletes know where they're at and the, the coaches know where they're at because you know you don't know what to get better on unless you're you know what your numbers are.
1: Hmm. Sounds interesting. Uh, first of first of the like this has ever happened here. Am I right? This is the first uh, first one of these combines we've heard of in
2: Hattiesburg.
3: That I know of, yes, sir. Um, you know, we opened up June first, and uh, we plan on doing um, combines uh, regularly um, to to offer that to all of the um, all of the athletes in the area, uh, which there are plenty, and we are, we're offering it to um, a various age groups. So, you know, uh, we train athletes as young as seven all the way through to the pros, and we have it set up to where. You know, we'll do uh, appropriate combines for, for different age groups, different um, uh, needs and sports. So, you know, that, that's what we want to bring to the community. We'll, we want to bring a resource that's never been here uh, and, and just cater to, to the needs of the athletic community.
1: Kevin, I know you talk to a lot of these athletes, and, I, and I'm talking now maybe a little older, high school, college athletes. To what degree have they expressed their frustration to you uh, in regard to the uncertainty involving uh, football?
3: Um, yeah, so uh, we work with, with collegiate and um, high school athletes on a daily basis. And, yeah, they're they obviously very um, frustrated due to the sheer fact that, that nobody knows what, what's going to happen. And, and you know the the coaches don't know and they can't tell them and and it, i know the kids feel like they're kind of the the low low person on the totem pole and um not being able to to schedule or or even train as they're used to um aggravates them and, mm-hmm. and you know being out of your routine just as as we all do we struggle with it
1: right well, but if you want to look at the glass half full here now is this state of the art facility that these guys and the girls can come to, and uh, and continue their training and, until we get some certainty about stuff, right?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we we offer year round um, training to improve speed, power, uh, agility, and overall athleticism. Um, we train sport specific uh, positions, movements, needs, goals, and. Yes, we're we're definitely going to um, to be out here uh, ready and, and always open for those athletes who who may not be able to participate at their school, and you know invite invite coaches, anybody else that, that wants to come and, and check it out and, and realize that you know we we want to help the athletes where you can't or, or where when you when they're not able to um, because we will we will definitely uh, make sure we keep the athletic community where it needs to be.
1: All right, Kevin. How how do people register for the uh, combine?
3: So they can register if they already have the uh, D1 training app. um, They can register through that or they can download that in their app store. It's free. And then they can also give us a call here at 601-207-9997. And they can pre-register. It's just $40 for the whole time uh, for the full day. And it's going to be about three to four hours in uh, in duration. We're going to make sure that we keep all of the um, the measurement information and, and have that available to each athlete. And uh, again, we just we just want to be able to be there for the community and and uh, help out in any way we can to uh, to get them where they need to be.
1: And let's point out they get a really cool combine T-shirt uh, as part of their registration.
3: That's correct. Yes, sir. We uh, we've got a, a special T-shirt we're going to give. Um, obviously, it has the D1 logo. We want we want everybody to know that. That We're part of the community here. We want to build up the community and, and everybody be part of the same family. Yes, sir. Well,
1: you're certainly part of the Eagle Hour, and we appreciate it, uh, Kevin. And uh, thank you thank for you. taking the time to talk to us, and uh, good luck. We we think this is a great thing, and uh, we're excited to help you promote it.
3: Thank you, guys. Very happy to be on here talking with you. Y'all have a great day.
1: All right, Kevin Weldon, everybody. He's the manager at D1 Training. Man, I'm telling you, Luke, it's hard to overemphasize uh, – what an asset this new facility is for kids in this area that uh, that aspire to be athletes.
0: Absolutely, and and to have the type of uh, the the type of quality that, that they do, you know, I don't know, I don't know how many, if any, um, high schools in in Mississippi, maybe in, maybe Madison Central, maybe a few on the coast, <clears throat> but you look at what that what that has what they have. Pedal and Oak Grove have great facilities, but you're talking about in indoor turf facilities that are there for your children, you know, there for them to to get better and uh, the instructors are, you know, very, very good. So, yeah, for, for what you get and uh, centrally located in Hattiesburg, and that's the thing, it's not just for kids in Hattiesburg. Um, kids from Jones County, kids from Wiggins, um, you know, kids as, as far as uh, Columbia, Tyler Town, uh, can, can come in and uh, and be trained in the right way. And that's the, the the biggest thing with sports training that people forget. It's not just the fact that you do it. It's that you do it the right way. And how many people have back problems later in life? How many people have joint hip problems in in life uh, simply because they were working out the wrong way? So it's not just the fact about, yeah, here's a facility, but they're teaching kids to do it the right way, and that's most important. Right. You can get injured training just like you can playing. Am I right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Maybe even worse. (laughs) Right. All right. All right. It's been a long week. For some of us, it's been even longer than normal. We're going to wrap it up next. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
0: Appreciate Kevin Weldon from D1 Training coming on. And just a reminder, July 25th, that's a Saturday week from tomorrow, they'll be having their high school combine at D1 Training, and uh, be sure to sign up for that. It should be a great time. Uh, D1 Training and DBAT located uh, right next to Best Buy in the old Gaddy Town Pizza parlor off of uh, Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, and appreciate their sponsorship uh, of the Eagle Hour. Well, what do you know? Spring training, more like dog days of summer training, starting tomorrow... Three games, Philadelphia Phillies at the Washington Nationals, New York Yankees at the New York Mets, Cleveland Indians at Pittsburgh, uh, the New York at New York, so the Yankees at the Mets, tomorrow night at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. It's spring training it may be the most watched spring training in the history of the world, Bob. You, you told me that you were uh, watching some uh, inner squad last night with the Washington Nationals.
1: Right. And uh, am I right about this? Now, these games will be played with no fans allowed. Am I correct about that or wrong? Right. Yeah. Right. The inner squad game that I saw a few minutes of last night, it was sort of odd because, you know, they, they were playing each other. And there was, well, there was like one or two guys up in the stands. I guess those were probably team people. And they were all masked up. It was just, but you know, it's kind of refreshing to see some competition. And I will look, I'll be honest with you, I'll probably sit down tomorrow night and watch that the uh, that Mets Yankees game just to just to have some kind of I will. sports competition in my life, Luke.
0: I'll tell you what I'll be watching too, Sunday night at seven o'clock. Windy City Classic. White Sox at the Cubbies. Yeah. Seven o'clock on ESPN. Again, all this is spring training. But just a little sneak peek when you look forward to next Thursday, which will be opening day. Two games on opening day. Yankees at the Nationals. How about this matchup? Garrett Cole for the Yankees against Max Scherzer of the Nationals. That's pretty good. And then the nightcap, both of these games on ESPN. Uh, Giants at Dodgers, Johnny Cueto against Clayton Kershaw. And then there are everything you want to watch on Friday, uh, July 24th, into the weekend. So much of this is obviously going to be televised, uh, but spring training starting tomorrow. And if you want to watch it on TV, Yankees at Mets tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Here's a question for you. Is it easier and safer
1: to play professional baseball than it will be to play college football. The numbers of people on the team, the numbers of staff, the the game itself, how how people are separated, the uh, you know by position uh, in the, in the game of baseball itself. Baseball much easier to pull off than football, yes or no?
0: It is. Um, I just wonder how batter, catcher, and umpire behind the plate are going to socially distance. Right. I wonder how the dugout is going to be socially distanced. It's not to worry about the outfield and the infield, obviously. Um, but, yeah, it's what's going to happen, you're, you're going to see it happen unless they've been practicing really hard. You know, what happens when uh, somebody walks it off in the ninth and you've got, you know, normally the, the crowd around home plate? There's going to be times... And I think the country and the media, specifically the media mainly, needs to give these guys a break. They're going to get back going through the rhythm, and somebody's going to forget. You know, somebody might throw a no hitter. They're going to dogpile. So, you know, what happens if we we peg somebody in the back and, and we get a fight going on? It's going to happen. When it happens, don't freak out. These guys are trying to get back to the normal, also. But I do think, and I hope this, and it, you may not be able to do it, Bob, because it's an election year. But I hope just the simple fact that people are able to watch daily baseball may calm the edge off of off right. of some of the anxiety we're facing as a culture. Well, I hope you're right.
1: And and do you think that um, uh, other sports will be watching how well this goes and? And uh, the early indications uh, will that uh, play a role, in and maybe what the Big 12s and SECs of the world do based on anything they see in baseball.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the first team sport that's back. Golf's back. Golf's technically a team. I get it, caddy, golfer, but not not in a huge way. NASCAR, not not a team sport. Obviously, you got a pit crew. This is the first team sport that's back. So yes, you're you're going to watch on how it happens but at the same time trying to compare baseball with college football or baseball with the nfl there's some general rules you can apply or general principles you can apply but they call it getting in the trenches for a reason you don't right. do that in baseball yeah. right um so there's just going to be certain aspects um i mean could could we be honest with this how much of the nfl is going to watch what college football does
1: right. early on right no no question all right, so baseball is back. Uh, this week is up. It's been a long week, and for some of us in the sports world, it's been a really long week. As I told you, Luke, I, I, my week ended on a positive note today. Uh, with no coaching from me, my wife goes upstairs. We have a second den upstairs in our home. She brought my framed 1966 redskin skin, pin it down, hung it in our living room in a very prominent position, and informed me that's where it's going to stay. So uh, a good way to end the week, uh, Kevin Mullins and I and other Redskin fans. My buddy Stump, you've, I heard from him. It's been a long week, brother.
0: You've you've got uh, that Mr. Potato Head coming in from Amazon courtesy of me and <laughs> Kelly. So um, dress him up pretty good
1: for the weekend. And I'm grateful for that. All right, that wraps it up for the week. Uh, Luke and I will be back uh, Monday at 1 o'clock, and we hope you will be too. Until then, Southern Miss...
0: To the top
3: time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into
0: the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly
3: like an eagle, let carry me. I wanna fly like an eagle till i a tree.